Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, Jesus 911 on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Ruben Nava here. Uh, my partner. Jesse is uh, out preaching, power preaching in, uh, in the state of Hawaii, so uh, I'm sure that he's having a good time out there. Uh, I have a special guest today. He's a former uh, L.A. County Sheriff. I'll, let me introduce you to uh, Danny Kuhn. He's a retired sergeant uh, from the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. He spent over 30 of his 31 years of service assigned to field operations. That's, that's patrol. He's uh, worked a, a variety of assignments, patrol training, field training officer, detective, detective team leader, and sergeant. Uh, Danny's now has a, has the inspiration of God, dedicated himself to educating first responders on the effects of post-traumatic stress injury and suicide prevention. Uh, so I want to welcome to the show again, we've had him on once before, Danny Kuhn. Thank you, Danny, for coming on. Thank you, Ruben, for having me. I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity. Uh, just want to throw some numbers out real quick. Um, we talk about law enforcement suicide or first responder suicide. Currently, as of today, mm. uh, there have been 126 first responder suicides. 97 of them are law enforcement officers. That is one first responder suicide every 45 hours, so one every other day. And, uh, fortunately, the numbers are down from a couple of years ago, pre-COVID numbers were a lot worse, but uh, it's still, you know, it's going to be over 100 law enforcement suicides this year. That's, the stigma still needs to be stopped and people need to reach out and get help. And that's what I'm trying to do, just educate people on on uh, PTSI, depression, anxiety, all of the issues that, uh, you know, send us many people over into a different direction and just downward spiral. And my goal is to do it faith-based. And I believe that, uh, you know, a strong relationship with Jesus Christ is the only way to to beat this terrible number. And that's what it is. It's yes, 100%. Uh, Danny, I, um, can you give the, the the link to where people can read your, uh, your, your blog? He's got a great blog post. Uh, and tell them the name of it. Certainly. Uh, I have a website. It's called Bulletproof First Responder. And if you just... Um, Type in www.bulletprooffirstresponder.com, all one word. Uh, it'll lead you to my uh, website. I have uh, all of the blogs that I've written over the last couple of years, plus information on three podcasts, just being one of them, that you can link to if, uh, if you don't have the link. Great. And, well, I just added um, Jesus 911 on this morning. So. Yeah. Um Danny, uh, the last blog you wrote was just uh, super amazing. I mean, they're all good, but this one uh, really caught my attention. Uh, it's on courage and the man in the arena. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of some of the things that, that I, I knew already from that, the man in the arena from uh, Teddy Roosevelt. So uh, I was interested in, in reading this right away. And, but uh, tell us about that. What, was there a, a, a motivation for you to write this about courage? Was there some uh, 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 extenuating circumstance or some event in society that happened that that kind of pushed you towards that? Uh, yes, uh, this I wrote this uh, about a week after I started writing this, about a week after the incident that, uh, the incident that occurred in uh, the Uvalde School District with the shooting there. 
And uh, I was triggered because of the lack of courage that the officers did. They stood around and waited while kids were getting killed. And that just went about against everything that you and I were taught. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you remember back in the 90s, long before Columbine, we were doing active school shooting um, training within Los Angeles County. Right. And, um, you know, to, to see people stand by and do nothing, we were trained to go in and do something. It, it just really uh, tweaked my heart and, and pushed me a little bit. And then I started looking into this and I got to see all the crazy things that firefighters do. <laughs> and uh, the, the article uh, yeah. came out. And it's interesting because, you know, you go back 21 years ago, nearly 22 years ago now. Uh, you know, it, was, it, was, it was a beautiful morning in Manhattan on a Tuesday morning. Yeah. And the uh, New York City Fire Department, or the Fire Department of the City of New York, as they're officially called, they were down at a uh, gas leak on Church Street and Liz Canard Street in downtown Manhattan. And uh, Giant Chief Joseph Piper, he was, he was the lead, and they were looking around, and they were just getting ready to clear the incident. And he was curling into his command vehicle, and he heard a low-flying aircraft, jet, in, jet aircraft flying over Manhattan. Thought that was um, unusual because it's illegal. Yeah. Aircraft aren't allowed to fly over Manhattan for the most part. And uh, he looked up, he saw a low-flying Boeing 730, excuse me, 767 loaded with 20,000 gallons of fuel. And he watched in horror as the airplane slammed into the North Tower on uh, 9-11. It was 8.46 in the morning on uh, September 11th. Yeah. And these guys, these firefighters, the first responder community as well, they rushed to that scene. And they, they ran into two buildings that were heavily engulfed in flames with debris falling all over the place. And they ran in for one particular reason, and that was to save life. And you know, we really don't know how many people went into that building, but we do know that 343 firefighters, 37 Port Authority, and New York um, City police officers, and 23 New York City police officers, excuse me, they all died as a result of going in and trying to save people. And that's just, that's an incredible amount of courage. You know, it, it takes an incredible amount of courage to run into burning buildings toward gunshots or just putting yourself in danger. Yeah. Uh, Danny, uh, wasn't that uh, the person you were describing, that uh, chief, did he have a brother there? Wasn't, didn't he have a brother that was uh, involved in that? Uh, yes, he did. Chief yeah. Piper, had, his younger brother was a lieutenant um, with uh, New York City Fire Department. He was working Fire Engine 33. And they responded, and Chief Piper's brother ran in. The chiefs told him, hey, go upstairs. He gave him a, a job to do inside the building. And... Uh, Unfortunately, that was the last time he ever spoke to his brother. Mm. And he uh, he could have very easily said, hey, you're, you're my little brother. Go outside and, and pick up debris. Go do something else. You know, stay out of danger. But no, he sent his brother up there. And uh, his brother probably went. And, uh, that just shows courage right there, sending your brother or sending a loved one into a dangerous area. Because it was the right thing to do, right? That's that's part of uh, part of courage. You, you know, you're doing it. You're facing danger, and you you you. Not that you don't have any fear, because when we would respond to shots fired, guys with guns, two eleven robberies in progress, you have there's fear, but you just don't let the fear paralyze you. That's the difference. Where you know the average person is gonna just stop in their tracks and 
and shake and, and, and probably run the other way because they don't want to deal with it. And, uh, so that's, uh, that's quite an amazing story. That's something that we'll never forget. I, I still remember nine 11 watching it on TV as I was getting ready for work that day. And, uh, I just couldn't pull myself away from, I, I could not believe what I was seeing. And, uh, and then just the, uh, the anger and the, the, the patriotism that's, that was building up in me. And I think, uh, I think for most Americans, that was the same feeling. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read a definition of courage that, uh, you posted in your, in your blog. And it's, it's, uh, from another blog inspired by courage from Jeremy Stalnecker, uh, who's a pastor. And, uh, he says the de- the you know the basic definition of courage is the ability to do something that fi- frightens one or the or the mental or moral fortitude to risk persevere and persevere in the face of danger fear or difficulty but jeremy says this he says this his this definition of his own an act taken alone with full knowledge that the consequences of that act may be detrimental to one's physical well-being livelihood or acceptance by family and peers for a purpose bigger than themselves. Although individuals can act courageously in a group for, for something to be truly courageous, the potential negative consequences must be individual. I think that's a powerful definition of it. Uh, that, yeah, that sums it up and everything. Because courage isn't only just heroic bravery stuff. It's There's there's a several different others. You have moral courage. You have what I classify as good courage and bad courage. And I, I think scripture will tell you that uh, you know numerous times in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, scripture tells us be of good courage. So or be of good courage. So if there's good courage or we have to be of good courage, there's obviously going to be bad courage. Right, right. right. And one one of the things that uh, you know we, you kind of touched on before you read Jeremy's definition is a, a fear in and when we're rolling to a hot call or we're doing something or firemen are running into burning buildings. You know, a friend of mine, Adam Davis, he's a retired uh, police officer in Alabama. And uh he, he writes, courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. Right. And, right on. And, and whether that it's morally or heroically or bravely, um you don't let the fear stop you. you. You just keep going on. You power through it. You do what you got to do because at the end of the day, it's going to be the right thing to do. Yeah, it's often been said that there's about six types of courage. Um, I'll just name some of them. Physical courage, that's feeling fear, yet choosing to act involves bravery at the risk of bodily harm or death and and developing physical strength and resilience and awareness. There's emotional courage, following our heart, open us, open us to feeling the the full spectrum of emotions, pleasant and unpleasant, without attachment. Intellectual courage, expanding out horizons, letting go of the familiar. It's about our willingness to learn, unlearn, and, and relearn with an open and flexible mind. Social courage, to be your, ourself in the face of adversity, involves the risk of social embarrassment or exclusion, unpopularity or rejection. It also involves leadership. And there's two more, and I'll touch those on the other side of the break. Uh, but it, it goes to to our faith and and um we're talking with uh, danny coon retired uh, deputy sheriff los angeles county sheriff's department talking about courage we'll be right back now 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Welcome back, Jesus 911. <clears throat> Special guest, uh, Danny Kuhn, a uh, retired sergeant with the L.A. Sheriff's Department. <clears throat> so uh, we're talking about uh, his blog on, on courage, and uh, there's a lot of things to, to, to go over because... <clears throat> We see it in our daily in, in in life right now, especially with all the violence we've seen in across society, and and uh, you're seeing more and more civilians that are taking action and are stepping up, and uh, because the police can't be everywhere. And uh, I was just uh, talking about the six types of courage, uh, and well, there's, there could be more, but uh, there's a I mentioned four of them. There's moral courage, and I think Dan, you touched on that. Standing up for what's right involves. Doing the right thing, even when it's uncomfortable or unpopular, isn't that true? With the, as Christians, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna be standing up for things, standing up for life, uh, and, and and standing up for things that uh, are contrary to our faith, <clears throat> and um, and you might get a, some backlash. And uh, this, we're in this society now where there's woke, wokeness. Where you know it's, uh, they'll try to cancel you, and um, and that's uh, that's unfortunate. And the last one I think is spiritual courage, facing pain with dignity. Or faith, it helps us live with purpose and meaning through a heart-centered approach towards all life and oneself, and um, you know, and just giving to others. I think uh, living for others, um, and and not just for yourself. So, um, where where do we get the word courage, Danny? Um, I think you mentioned it in your blog. <clears throat> I, I looked up an, another uh, word this morning. Mm-hmm. It's a word called amets or amats. And that, that's the Hebrew word for courage. Hmm. But uh, courage comes from the Latin word of core, and meaning your heart. Hmm. And that's that's the, the whole backbone of, of a courageous person, what's in his heart or what's in her heart. If, if your heart's into it, then it makes it easier to move on. You know, it's, courage is not, a, it's not an independent, self-generated virtue. It's what you have inside of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's produced by faith. It's it comes back three thousand years ago or longer. You know, you look at the stories in the Bible all the way back to Abraham and Isaac and Joseph. Those guys showed immense courage. Moses, mm-hmm. courage. Uh, King David is probably the most courageous person known. To, you know, the the guy, and and he showed courage on both sides. He was. He wasn't always good. He, even though he was a, a man after God's own heart, he wasn't always good. He showed some, some poor decisions, which made was basically what we would call poor courage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it says yep. basically poor courage or bad courage is is doing what uh, the flesh or the earth or the world wants you to do, and and, and not what God wants you to do. And right, following that's following after your passions, right? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wrote a blog one time about the. Um, the voices in your head, and it, it came from a uh, a book I read from um, Patrick Morley. And uh, when you start thinking about that, there's three voices: the voices of the world, the flesh. Uh, I forgot one. And then there's the voices of uh, of God. And if you follow the voice of God, you're going to be led on the right direction, and you're going to be strong, and you're going to be able to handle anything that comes at you. Once you start going into um, you know, what doing what the world wants you to do and stuff like that. And, you know, and I'll take uh, 
what's her name? I think it's Leah Thomas or something like that, the wannabe female swimmer. Yeah. You know, that's that everybody's going, Oh, that's a courageous person. She's not courageous, or it's not courageous. That's yeah. just like, you know, all you're doing is proving that a guy can beat a girl in swimming. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bruce Jenner, Caitlin Jenner, again, when 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 Bruce came out and everybody says that's courageous. I go, No, it's not. Mm-mm. You know, that's that's just following following the devil. That's mm-hmm. All you're doing is proving that uh, you're not a God-fearing person, and and, yeah. and that's where our society is today. It's it's turning into, um, you know, wokeness, as you said. I call it the same thing. It's it's turning into an area where people aren't standing up for what's right, and they just they're 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 using um, bad decisions. Yeah, and, and you know, in in cases like that, they're they're basically saying that God God made a mistake. You know, he put me in the wrong. Uh, in the wrong gender and um uh, it's that's a whole it's for a whole nother show man that would that yeah, so much into that and um i mean and they're pushing it on our children now in schools and that's what's uh it's really uh, uh upsetting me uh so <clears throat> so some of the some of the stories you mentioned uh the courageousness that we see in some of those those biblical stories you know um i mean obviously the 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 person who comes to mind that is is the most courageous is, is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who, who knowing ahead of time that what was he was going to be led, he was he came for the purpose of sacrificing himself on the cross, and didn't shy away from it. Um, you know, even in the Garden at Gethsemane when he was uh, um, sweating blood and he was uh, he he knew everything that was going to happen to him, being God. And he uh, he just he, he didn't ask God. He said, "Lord, take this cup from me, but not my will. Your will be done." And um, oftentimes we don't we don't do God's will. We we want to do our own will. And uh, when we pray, we we pray that for a certain outcome. And uh, you know, it, it's not always it, God doesn't always answer our prayers in that way. You know, he's 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 a, a loving father, so he's going to give us what we need sometimes not what we ask for and um you know or he could say hey not right now you know let's let's hold off it's it's not in your best interest so yeah that's that was uh definitely courage on the part of of jesus and um you know and and then the uh, the apostles you know to to know that uh that they were gonna once they started it was a it was a felony right back in the day it was it was a crime to be a christian and and uh you know 11 out of the 12 were were martyred and um so just to 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 be a a a christian in that in that day and age was it was the first almost a death sentence yeah and you know you you look at paul's story when he's in the he's in prison in italy in rome and and he's bringing the the guards to christ at the same time knowing that his head's going to go on the chopping block at any given day that's you know, he, but he's still doing. He's still, um, yeah, still bringing people to Christ, which was which was awesome. And you know, those guys are the apostles, just tremendous leaders. And, mm-hmm. and when in our occupations, in the first responder occupation, this is something that I just found out yesterday within the Los Angeles County Fire Department. Um, they are now taking away their. Um, uh, patches and and uh, symbols of the of their station pride. Like East LA had the the, uh, the helmet and the boots and um, 
Century has their little patch and stuff like that. Well, the LA County Fire Department is now starting to do that to the firefighters. Now, now all that's doing is is ruining it, and that's that's part of the wokeness and the cat cancel culture within the leadership. Yeah, because they don't they don't have the intestinal fortitude. You know, they don't have the guts. They don't have the courage to stand up and 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 back their people. Instead, they're uh, you know pushing a different agenda. You know. It, if you do this, we're going to prosecute you. If you do that, we're going to fire you. And a lot of times, that's just not right. Yeah, that's 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 absurd to to uh, take away some of the things that uh, that unite the the station or you know the the unit there. Some of the things that we hold on to, as you mentioned at East LA, and I, I would I would mention too that Danny uh, he preceded me at East LA, so he he was a couple years. He left for uh, the high desert, right? You went up to. Yeah, I want to uh, uh, Antelope Valley Station. Valley. Yeah. Okay, so for, for those here <laughs> on the south end of California, uh, Lancaster, Palmdale, uh, Antelope Valley—it's all the same to us, you know that. <laughs> Unfortunately, but going back to the, the the East LA had a a little um, their motto was it, it showed a a boot and a helmet. It was taken from the East LA riots, uh, where the the watch commander came in and said, "Hey, we." We want you there. The, the citizens want you there. The community wants you there, but they just want you to take a low profile. So some some deputy came up with the idea of putting his boot on the desk and put his helmet over the boot. He says, "Is this low enough? Is this low enough, sir?" You know, and uh, it stuck. And uh, and and they because of the way that uh, the station was fortified, they 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 it was akin to the Fort Apache, the Bronx, the movie with Paul Newman, and uh, so. On our logo, it said Fort Apache, East LA Fort Apache, and and uh, and going back to what you're saying about taking away the patches, they still have the boot and helmet now, but they made them take away the the word Fort Apache. And I talked to the sheriff recently, and I asked him about that since he worked East LA with me, and he said he they went to the Apache Nation and they asked if they had a problem with it. They said no, absolutely not. It brings more attention to us. That's that's no problem, but. This this woke uh, crowd that we're in, they think everything's offensive, so they took that away. And uh, I think uh, the engineer just showed us, uh, sent us a, uh, a an email, and I had read that article about this Canadian soldier who who uh, was suffering from uh, PTSD or PTSI, and and uh, and they wanted to euthanize him. They said they gave him that option, you know, and and uh, he fought back against it, and uh, it's that's. It's just not our place to play God, you know, uh, Danny. Um, you know, where's it? God tells us we're coming into the world, and He tells us we're coming out of the world. So, um, what, since we're on that uh, subject here, why not? You know, why not? You why don't you talk about uh, you you something that moved you was that that talk by Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, some of those things in your blog that uh, you put were. We're really powerful, and I don't think everybody has heard that. Uh, most people haven't. So, I'm going to touch on that. Oh, see what time? In his speech, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the speech, "Citizen in a Republic." It's an actually about a hour and a half, maybe a little bit longer speech that he gave in France. And uh, part of the speech is he, he says the poorest way to face life is to face it with a snare. There are many men who feel a kind of twisted pride and cynicism. There are many who confine themselves to criticism of the way others do what they themselves dare not even attempt. 
There is no more unhealthy being, no man less worthy of respect than he who either really holds or faints to hold an attitude of sneering disbelief toward all that is great and lofty, whether in an achievement or in that noble effort, which even if it fails, comes to second achievement. Mm. No, and that and that's what courage is. The people that want to sit on the sidelines and do nothing and, and collect a paycheck, you know, they're they're there. And then they talk smack about us guys that go out and actually do the job or have done the job. And you know, that's what Teddy Roosevelt is saying. Hey, get you know, get off your hips, get out and do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I um I didn't have uh too much sympathy for these guys that uh that didn't want to do anything or they just were stirring the pot, <clears throat> parked under a tree, just waited for a call to come out and handled their call. Uh I wasn't one of those and I take it you weren't one of those either who you out there uh you know putting in eight hours work for eight hours pay and uh, doing the right thing and looking to be proactive <clears throat> anyway we're coming up on the second break we're gonna be right back don't change that dial we're here special guest danny coon talking about courage be right back now back to jesus 911 if this call is not an emergency dial 888-526-2151 jesus 911 we have a special guest danny coon talking to us about uh courage and he writes a blog called uh, bulletproof uh, first responders and uh he touches on well it's it's dedicated to trying to help uh stop the the suicide of first responders, police and fire, you know, our military are right up there as well. And, um, that's just a shame. It's a, it's a shame. Danny, uh, I think you mentioned, uh, that more, I heard you, uh, in another, uh, uh, podcast saying that there's more first responders that die through suicide than they do actual on duty deaths. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, you take, like I said uh, a little while ago, you take COVID out of the question and or out of the equation. And at the end of the year, there will be more first responder deaths from suicide. So far this year, there are, are 167 law enforcement uh, line of duty deaths. And that's from the officer down memorial page. Of those 167, 61 of them are from COVID. So you take the COVID out, that's 105 to date. And right now we're at 97 and the suicide rate. Unfortunately, this year, like last year, has been very violent towards law enforcement. Uh, so far this year, there's been 43 police officers, deputy sheriffs that were murdered by gunfire. And, uh, you know, once those stats go back down to normal, once people start getting respect again for law enforcement, once we get some more, like some good leadership, uh, then then uh, the numbers will go down. But we, we still have the, the numbers of the 97 so far on the law enforcement side for suicide but to bring those numbers down. And there's some new laws that are coming out. A, a, a person I met recently, I read his book, and he was part of a group that got a Senate bill passed that recognizes uh, PTSI as an injury and recognizes it as its uh, presumptive injury for 
first responders in the state of California. So it's starting there, but it, there's still a long ways to go. Can you and, touch on that, Danny? Well, uh, because most people have understood it to be PTSD. And so when they hear PTSI, they, they might just be foreign to them. <clears throat> so basically, it's um, PTSD. It was first coined in about 1970, and it was a diagnosis given to the veterans coming back from Vietnam. In, uh, in or around 1980, the American Psychological Association, um, they formally recognized PTSD as, as PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And they had that uh, entered into the third edition of the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Uh, that's updated, uh, not yearly, but updated often. They're up to now um, DSM-5, and that was updated about four years ago. And there's still a push to get it changed. But the whole thing, PTSD, it, it goes back from a, a long time ago. It's called, you know, it, it's been called war neurosis, soldier's heart, combat fatigue in Vietnam, or excuse me, in World War II, people were coming back, they were being called shell shock. But it goes, it goes way back, you know, and, and I bring up King David again. King David, thank God for using his experience of living in the shadow of death or living um, and, and basically getting ready to die to bring out his soul's recovery. Mm -hmm. And in Numbers 1914, they use the term death shadow. And that's the pretty modern assessment of what PTSD or PTSI is now. Um, I wrote a blog on this. It's going to be published uh, in five days. I post my blogs on the first of each month. And uh, so you guys are getting a sneak peek at it. But the word disorder, recent science, probably in the last 10 years, 15 years recently, professionals in, in the field that deal with um, veteran suicide and veteran PTSD, they're coming to find out that the word disorder is kind of, holding people back. It's part of, it's creating a stigma because people don't want to say I have a disorder. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. the, the, um, I'm reading this here real quick. So when, it, when, it earn, when, when you get hurt on duty, you're taking, it's taken as an injury. When a soldier gets hurt in, in battle, you know, it's taken as an injury. He's actually given a purple heart. But there are no purple hearts for for psychological injuries or PTS injuries. Mm, and good point. You know, there's the APA. They they use the the word disorder for for um, post traumatic stress, but there is no word disorder in in, in the uh, diagnosis of anorexia, bulimia, or anything like that, or social phobia. Mm -hmm. There's a general, who's, uh, General Peter Chirelli. He, Retired, he was the uh, vice chief of the, uh, or the army vice chief of staff, and he believes that the word disorder fosters a, a prejudice, mm. and it has, and what he says, it has the idea of being something that is pre-existing problem that an individual has. Therefore, it's something that happened before the army. Mm. That's not totally true. You know, it's and and I use the word stigma. It builds on the stigma. The stigma is a mark of shame or disgrace, and it's an adverse effect on social definition. There's two doctors, Jonathan Shea, he's a medical doctor and a PhD, and a doctor, Frank 
Akvard, he's a psychiatrist also. They've been treating um, PTSI for years. As a matter of fact, Dr. Shea was studied Vietnam veterans as they were coming back from Vietnam. So he's been around for quite a while. He was studying them and he came up, he was part of the original PTSD thing, and, and he came up also with uh, post-traumatic growth. And that's a, a, a story for another day. But um, they have decided that, you know, PTSI is what should be considered because it's keeping people from, from stepping forward. As General Torelli, he, he stated, by the name of this, if the name of disorder were dropped, first responders, veterans, and active military personnel might be less reluctant to seek counseling. Now, as he, he says, goes on to say, a 19-year-old kid coming back from, from the combat zone doesn't want to be told he's got a disorder. He wants to be told he, he's hurt, he's injured. Right. Well, well, just think about this. Uh, the, the homosexuality was 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 called a disorder in that the psychological manual, and uh, they they removed that from it, from there. And uh, you know, we would also say that uh, gender dysphoria is a disorder, uh, as you as you mentioned, anorexia and some of those things. Um, so it makes some total sense to, to change it to injury because that that's what it is. And uh, and uh, so the reason we're talking about this. And, you know, this being a, a, you know, a faith-based program, Catholic program, we're talking about this because, well, first of all, you know, our law enforcement officers, uh, it's a God-ordained profession, you know, in Matthew 9, 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, so they should be called the children of God. Our first responders, you know, our firemen as well, that's a, you know, that's a a profession that, uh, it's a helping profession, someone who, people who put their lives on the line every day. Uh, so that you can uh, sleep better and be comfortable in in uh, in your communities, and uh, we just don't want to see this happening to to our first responders, the the ones who uh, have given given so much of their lives and taken time away from their own families. Uh, I mean, I have a nephew who's a fireman, and and he's uh, um, he he says he's time broke because he's they put in so many hours. I believe he put in. Uh, 4,000 hours last year. And uh, that's just time away from the family. And it's, you know, he's spending more time at the firehouse than he is with his own wife. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate. That's a tough way to, to go about life. And, and that goes to the stress and the the things that we, what we see and, and uh, deal with each day. And then, you know, on top of that, we're family lives could be falling apart because we're not, we're not there all the time and we 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 lose con- contact with them or you know we're, we sometimes it leads to divorce and both professions police and fire have one of the highest divorce rates in all the the you know in all the professions so that's why we're talking about this and and we just don't want to see our brothers uh taking their own lives we know that you know uh to take one's life is it, it violates the uh the commandment thou shalt not kill but uh we we know that um, sometimes there's mitigating factors. Some of these guys who are suffering from PTSI, some, some people who are, are medicated and drugged up and, uh, they don't have other full faculties to make that decision. So it's not up to us to, to judge whether they're in heaven or hell. Um, we just, it's, it's up to us to continue to pray for them 
so that uh, since God is outside of time, he, he knows those prayers that are going to be said for that person at the moment he needs them. So uh, rather than to say, oh, he committed suicide, he's, he's done, you know, he's, he's going to hell. No, that, that's that not always the case. So let's, let's um, there is hope for, for him um, because of, because of uh, what our Lord and Savior did on the cross. So let's keep them and, and their families in our prayers and uh, continue to, to do what we can. And if we have a lot of first responders, Danny, that listen to this show. So, uh, you know, what would you say to them? Those guys that, you know, are in the trenches, they're, they're in the fight right now. What would you say to them to, if they uh, come across somebody in their profession that they, that just, that doesn't seem right. And, and uh, could be going down this path of destruction. To be, to begin with, uh, I, I truly believe in buddy check. I uh, will send out texts. I'll make phone calls every once in a while, and I'll put on uh, on Facebook on my bulletproof first responder Facebook page or on my personal Facebook page. Mm. Um, I, I just send out check check on your buddy, do buddy check, and. Once you get somebody, once someone um, responds, the best thing that I found to do is just listen. They're going to sit there and they're going to talk and they're going to lay their heart out to you. Just give them the time to listen. Uh, hey, Danny, hold that thought. Let's pick that up on the other side of the break. This is a good, this is a good uh, subject here. Buddy check. Be right back. Listen to Jesus 911. To Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Jesus 911, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Um, we're talking with retired Sergeant LA County Sheriff Sergeant Danny Kuhn, who uh, has now made it his life mission to. Um, to help the first responders with his blog, uh, blog post, bulletproof first responders, and just highlighting uh, the need to to help those who might be stuff, suffering from PTSI, and uh, and, and might want to take their life. And uh, Danny, you were talking about the buddy system uh, and w- what you do to to reach out to some of these these people, our old friends. Yeah, Ruben, how are you doing? Everything okay? Yeah, I'm doing great, Danny. Fantastic! I'm glad to hear it. And that's what I do. I just send out, uh, you know, text, a phone call uh, every once in a while, an email. Mm-hmm. I post on Facebook at least once a week, maybe twice a week. You know, do a buddy check and stuff like that. And uh, you know a little bit about what uh, I've been going through in the last month, month and a half of my life. Yes. And my brother passed away. My can- my wife's a cancer survivor who had a uh, brain MRI last week, and it's just been very stressful. And uh, in the sense of a buddy check, you know, the pastor of my church knows what's going on in my personal life. And you mentioned Jeremy Stolnecker. He's a good friend of mine, and he knows what's going on. But other than that, in, the, in my church life, very few people know. Because oh, mm-hmm. it's my personal business. But one of the associate pastors, the worship pastor, I get a uh, card from him on, uh, on the church stationery, And he's just saying, thank you very much for what you do. How are you doing? 
And just that little gesture of, of saying, hi, thank you, meant so much. It just lifted a, a, a huge weight off my shoulders. Mm. And that, it gave me the peace that, you know what, someone cares. And that's what the whole buddy thing is about. You know, sending out, letting people know you care, letting people know that you're going to sit there and listen to them. Because truthfully, I'd rather sit there and listen to two or three hours of you complaining and moaning and groaning than listen to 15 minutes of you. Mm, so good. That is so good. That's great. And it, yeah, it's just, just listen. And, you know, you can point people in the right direction. Uh, you know, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, LAPD, uh, California Highway Patrol, a lot of large agencies, they have in-house um, counseling. And while a lot of the officers and deputy sheriffs don't trust them because is it really confidential? Yeah. Um, they won't go to them. But what they will do, and I know the sheriff's department at one time did it, I don't know if they still do it, is they had deputy peer counselors. And these are guys, that, right. they're, they're trained by psych services, but they don't answer to anybody. They, they go out and if you want to talk to them, they'll talk to them. And I, I did a, a blog on, on uh, officer involved shooting. And that was one of the things I learned that the officers and, and being in a shooting myself, you know, I'd go in and give them my 15 minutes and walk out and say, I'm okay. And leave. Yeah. And, you know, and then I'd go talk to my buddies about it because that's where the stress was relief. I'm not going to talk to a guy in a suit and tie yeah. about what, what's you know going through my brain. I'm going to go talk to someone I know or someone I trust. That's right. And, that's the whole buddy buddy system concept. Same thing happened to me. Uh, yeah, one shooting. Yeah, went in there. Did, everything was okay, Doc. You know, let me get back to work now. You know, uh, I, I, there's a, a a quote that uh, you put in your blog um, about courage by Teddy Roosevelt. He says, "Courage is not having the strength to go on; it's going on when you don't have the strength." I think it's so good. That is powerful. Yeah, one of the things that that I uh, you know I, I love this verse. Uh, in, in the gospels where um, Jesus says, what I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light, which you've heard, hear, what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops and do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. And, uh, and I've heard uh, a definition of courage in this way. Uh, you might uh, like this one. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. So, you know, uh, going into dangerous situations and, and when you're all prayed up, that's what I, I like to say it uh, before I hit, you know, I've done a lot of search warrants in my day and I'm sure you have too. Uh, before we hit that door, man, I was, I, I was saying my prayers and I was praying for my team. I was praying for the bad guys behind the door that they would go, it would go smoothly and that justice would be served and uh, nobody would get hurt. And, um, so I was all churched up and prayed up and I'm ready to go. And, and I think, uh, that's, the, you know, the power of prayer. And, uh, fortunately we had, uh, very few instances that, uh, where there was any, any repercussions. So glad to, to, to say that. Yeah. The power of prayer is probably, uh, let's say many of us in our, in our career because, you know, even roll into a hot call and say a quick prayer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you have to because I remember sitting in the van when I was working with the uh, Lancaster Narco Prison. You'd be in the van, and you're just saying a private prayer, and uh, you're praying for your team. You do the same thing: you're praying for your team, you're praying for yourself, you're praying for everything around you. Yeah, and uh, because I, 
in reality, I think narco search warrants outside of the, you know, doing an SEB entry on something and SWAT team entered, narco search warrants are some of the most dangerous search warrants in the world. Yeah. Because when I got to Compton, we'd do call outs, but you can't do that on a narco search warrant. So. No, no. And the reason being, you know, be, because when the SWAT team goes in, they, they, they search rooms methodically. They move slowly because they're, they're looking for threats. But the narco guys, I mean, we're still looking for threats, but when we're going in, we're going moving faster because we don't want the destruction of evidence. We don't want them to be flushing the dope and, and down the toilet. And, and so we're moving a little faster. So sometimes it can be a little more dangerous and we actually do more narcotics. Uh, Bureau does more search warrants than our SWAT team. So that's, that's interesting, but doing them all the time. Here's a prayer of faith and, and, and action. It goes to, it goes to courage, but it's something like, uh, like this. Be prepared, but not anxious. Be aware, but not desperate. Be vigilant, but not in fear. Be joyful, but not clueless. Be faithful, but not careless. Lord, be my hope and my strength. Uh, it's, a, it's a little little prayer that uh, you might want to store away. And, um, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, he said, the principal act of courage is to endure, withstand dangers doggedly rather than to attack them. And uh, one movie that I could that that really stands out in my mind, and I don't watch a lot of movies, Danny, but uh, one that really stands out uh, is Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, it was directed by Mel Gibson. It tells the story of an unlikely war hero. The the message is is, is film is clear. Uh, it takes taken right out of scripture, First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And it's a story about a, a World War II medic, Desmond Doss. He was played by Andrew Garfield, who played the Amazing Spider Spider Man, who uh, in Okinawa, during the bloodiest battle of World War II, miraculously saved seventy-five men in a matter of hours without firing a or carrying a gun. He was the only American soldier in World War II to fight on the front lines without a weapon, except the simple prayer he uttered before he single-handedly evacuated the wounded from behind enemy lines under constant enemy gunfire and artillery bombardment. And his Doss's courage and faith won the admiration of the commanders and fellow soldiers as he saved the lives of the very men who had persecuted him for refusing to carry a gun. He believed the war was just, but not to kill under, but to kill under any circumstances was wrong. That was his personal belief. Doss was labeled the first conscientious objector. He called himself a conscientious cooperator as he volunteered to receive the Congressional Medal of Honor. So if you haven't seen that movie, you should, you should look it up and, and, uh, and watch it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's faith-based, and uh, it really it kind of encompasses what a hero and what, a, what courage is all about. What do you say, Danny? I own the movie. I've probably seen it 15, 20 times. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's inspiring. It's, it's amazing. And I, 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 sometimes I'll watch it just to go, I really can't believe this guy did this. And you know he did. Yeah. And uh, I've read some articles about it, some of the things that you've mentioned. And it's just awesome. And I was um, one of those naysayers in the beginning looking, Why? what do you mean you're not going to carry a gun? Uh, what? How asinine is that? Come on, man. You know, I, I was one of those those guys that would have been persecuting him. But look what he did. And he just. Had it not been for Mel Gibson directing, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I got uh, another war movie. Yeah. So that we can learn a lot from these, these, these movies. And, um, but that, as we wrap up the show, Danny, I just want to appreciate, I just want to say how appreciative I am of what you're doing and for coming on the show to making the awareness of, of this, 
this situation, which is it, it's so so vital to the our first responder community, um, because you know if you look at the stats uh, in law enforcement, I don't know what it is for fire, but our life expectancy is five years after we retire. So I've got one more year to to, to go, Danny. <laughs> you've already I'm, you've surpassed that, so you're doing well. I'm doing pretty good. I got 10 years in May, March of next year, but uh, it's the same on the fire side. Is it? You know, my, my brother was retired seven years before he passed. Mm. This year alone, uh, just within people from the sheriff's department that I know, there's probably been 10 or 15 people that haven't made it to the 10-year mark. And uh, it, it, it's kind of like just tears your heartstrings out because the they're, they're not taking care of themselves. They're not taking care of their body. They're not taking care of themselves spiritually, physically, mentally, anything. Yeah. You know, and a lot of guys, I, I'm saying that all they do is they, the old joke, you know, you retire, you sit out in your rocking chair on the front porch and drink beer. But unfortunately, a lot of guys are, are living that lifestyle. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I look at the, in admiration to the guys that are at the 1520. Uh, one of the guys that goes to my church, he worked arson explosives. Oh, good. This year or in March, he will have been retired as long as he worked. So he would have at least 31 or 32 years wow. in retirement. He's, he's making money off of Lacera. That's the retirement system. That's all. And I'm, God, I'm, bless. God bless you, Jack. <laughs> yeah, very good. That's good. Uh, thank you again. And so tell the audience where they could read your blogs. Um, so I'm going to give you a plug here. Okay. Uh, thank you. I have a Facebook page. It's uh, Bulletproof First Responder. And uh, I post on that uh, various stuff. I'll put on stats from um, Blue Help, which follows law enforcement suicide and the Fire Behavioral Health Alliance that uh, tracks firefighter and, and medic suicides. So I'll, I'll put posts on for them or I'll put any relevant post. Uh, in regards to first responder suicides, along with my blogs. And that's, again, Facebook pages, Bulletproof First Responder. And then I also have my personal or a website. It's called BulletproofFirstResponder.com. And uh, you can reach that. I post once a month on that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's also a hotline for suicide hotline that's on your post. Uh, Law enforcement cop line. I was recently exposed to that and asked if I wanted to be part of that cop line. So... Maybe one day I'll talk to you about it. And uh, you've been listening to Jesus 911 with our special guest, Danny Kuhn. Thank you for coming on, Danny. And stay tuned for Hands-On Apologetics with Gary Mashuda from the Midwest Command Center. We are 10-7. We are EOW. God bless you. Thank you, Reverend.